Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. Interesting. I like it. I didn't see this part. And Jay Newcastle. Well, she is a California blonde, and so some things don't change. (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to the Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 6, Episode 8, Tabula Rasa, written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner. Desperate to erase the guilt and ill feelings after learning of Buffy's true afterlife destination, Willow performs a spell to make her forget that she was actually in heaven, despite Tara's pleas for her to curb her use of magic. However, the spell goes awry and the whole gang all wake up with amnesia, forgetting everything about their lives, including the existence of vampires and the Slayer. Because of their accents, Giles and Spike presume they are father and son. Giles and Anya think that they are engaged because they work together. And Willow and Xander think that they are dating. And due to the absence of ID, Buffy calls herself Joan. When a demon loan shark comes to collect from Spike, Buffy steps in and along with Spike defeats the loan shark. While running through sewers, a crystal falls from Willow's pocket and is broken, restoring everyone's memories. Everyone, including Tara, realize Willow used the magic on them despite her promises. Tara breaks up with Willow, packs up, and leaves the house while Giles boards a plane back to England. Spike tries to comfort Buffy at the bronze, but she blows him off, only to follow him to a dark corner where they passionately kiss. And that's uh, the summarization of what happens in this episode, Tabula Rasa. I will say this, Jay, it's one of the funnier episodes that they've had on this season. Is one of the funnier episodes, and I always remember this episode from season six because of uh, Michelle Branch's rendition of her song "Goodbye to You." Yes, over the end of that, slays phenomenal, phenomenal. I'm I'm a Michelle Branch fan. Make no bones about it. Have always loved her. Loved that song. That version of it is awesome. And it's the thing that like we talked about early on in seasons of Buffy. They had cool musicians on playing at the Bronze Mm -hmm. and stuff, or at least their music playing while actors acted like they were in the band or whatever. They hadn't done that in a while, and it was cool to get somebody that was very much of the now. Michelle Branch was a hot thing at the moment. She was brand new, and when that song started, it was just such a, it was such a great way to end the episode, you know, because yeah. it it said everything that everyone was feeling and what they needed to convey right there. So I always remember this episode for that reason. That and Giles and Spike briefly being related was quite funny. It was very funny. What wasn't funny was the take on the lone shark being an actual (sighs) shark. The shark (laughs) in a suit. Just deal with that for a second. Was it really necessary? Couldn't we have gotten an actor to play him with a big nose, and and that's why they call him a lone uh, shark? I don't know. It was stupid. With the added inflection of the very insensitive uh, take of an Italian-American. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was, it is so ham-fisted. We've had some pretty (laughs) stupid things on this show, but never have we crossed the line on something that may or may not have been kind of real. I don't think I'd ever see an actual shark dressed up in a suit walking around town. That was just dumb. (laughs) 
Make me happy. Stupidest gag ever, right? Worst side oh, yeah. monster ever. I mean, blow, blows the fish guys out of the water. You well, know, the, the fish guys didn't look like actual fish, so it made some right. sense, right? Well, hey, hey, what what about Reptile Boy or or the freaking Praying Mantis? I, w- I was down with those. This well, was lame. And they did them okay, right? The pra- the Praying Mantis actually looked like just a giant Praying Mantis. But the the this was an actual shark. With shark hands and everything else, sharks. <laughs> yeah, thin it, it hands. It was terrible. In the face, terrible. it was very, very lame. I was like, "Oh gosh, this was that should have never made it out of the production budget." And I'm going to no. say this now. I'm going to start calling this. All right, there is there's something missing in this season, and I'm starting to put my fingers on it. And it's the presence of Joss Whedon's eyes to go. Maybe we shouldn't have a shark in a suit. <laughs> you know, I know he was off doing the musical. He was doing Firefly, all that stuff, whatever. But yeah. no one else <laughs> looked at Marty and said, "Maybe we shouldn't do that." <laughs> so, they probably thought it was funny, and and it's not. It no, is terrible. It was, it was never funny. <laughs> it was a bad idea. It, it was, but it is the side idea. gag. It's the side gag of of what is a, a gag heavy episode. And I do think that's an interesting way, and, and I give a lot of credit to Rebecca Rankirchner for doing this, is taking a, or putting inside of a very funny framework this very serious, very dark moment of the season. You know, Tara finally has enough, and Willow's addiction, you know, it's finally, that's obviously what Willow's going to choose over her, so it costs her her relationship. I thought that was, I, I thought that was a neat way of doing it, because this is a very a very dark ended episode. It is. Uh, it's a very sad ending episode. Definitely, I really like the pretext of this episode. The whole fact that uh, Willow has promised not to use magic again. Right. She's acting like she's doing well, and then the instant that they get out of her sight, what she do? She flips into her new clothes instantly using magic, and then casts a spell with the same flowers that she used to make. Tara forget in the first place. And not only that, Jay, but she leaves the flowers out in the open, which is why they all lose their memory. But right. uh, very sloppy uh, on her part. Well, isn't um, that, though, again, the metaphor? The addict thinks they can yep. control it, and then they make a huge mistake. They leave their stuff out. Did you say? And I'm, we're going to talk about Willow's addiction coming up, because it's a big part of the next few episodes and things, so yes. I don't want to blow it all now. But this is... They are going to play that that uh, metaphor the whole way, and mm-hmm. this is the kind of things addicts do. Yes, you know the, it is. they make these mistakes, and it's sloppy mistakes, and that's what starts costing her. And I mean, it is funny at first, but think about how much trouble they all get in. You know, Buffy mm-hmm. figures out that she's got you know she's a superhero, and her and Spike are you know fighting together and stuff. But you know, think about how. You know, how much trouble this could have caused had it lasted longer than just. A oh, day. yeah. Oh, yeah. It could have been very, very bad news. But, um, you know, it is what it is. She casts a spell. They're all sitting around in the magic shop. And then all of a sudden, boom, they all basically fall asleep. Yeah, they um, all just they all just conk out. You yep. know, they, they go to sleep. And then when they wake up, everything is who are you? I, I, I tell you what, Jay, I love this whole 
part where they wake up trying to figure out who the heck they are. The interaction between all of them was fantastic. The whole setup. Uh, my favorite though is trying to figure out who you are by using driver's licenses. And of course, Spike doesn't carry a driver's license because he's a vampire. He doesn't. If he wants oh. to drive, he just goes and drives. Right? He can't but go look to the at, DMV and get one. <laughs> look how he's dressed too. He's dressed in like this English schoolboy, like Angus Young type type outfit. Yeah, because yeah. he's hiding from the loan shark in the right. magic shop, and because they both have the British accents, you know, he just assumes Giles must be my father. And then I love how he just plays the victim immediately. Like, you never show me that kind of affection. <laughs> you know, it was I hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I wish you'd be more of a father to me. That, that and was uh, great. But but they also reveal things here. Like Giles has called them all there because he's going to tell them I'm mm-hmm. leaving for good. Yes. I've got a one-way ticket back to England, and I'm not coming back, and I want all of you to know that. And he's already told Buffy this, and mm-hmm. Buffy is pissed at him about it, too. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and he tells her, I'm going because if I stay, you will always look to me to solve your problems, and you have got to learn how to deal with them yourself. It's the stuff we've been talking about the last couple of episodes. Buffy yeah. is just not willing or ready to, to take the responsibility, and it is time for Dad to cut her off, essentially. Right. Yeah. And they set up really well with him telling her this and she gets very defensive and tells him that he's making a terrible mistake and what he what she needs is him there to help her through this whole experience and, and he's basically telling her no what you need is me not to be here to help you through this experience and she's ticked off and so they're all gathered and he's trying to you know prance around the issue and she basically says just tell him already you know tell him what you're doing and he does and that's when they all fall asleep and mm-hmm. um you know it was really well done that the whole it was very tense and very emotional between uh, Giles and Buffy, that whole scene. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that was really good. I, I did enjoy that part. I thought it was a, a fabulous setup for the kind of things you feel when you're at Buffy's age, putting the, you know, we get why Giles is doing what he's doing, but looking at it from Buffy's point of view, it totally makes sense, right? Like, no, I'm not ready for you to go. I need you, you know, and now you're bailing on me at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's how she feels. I get why she feels that way about it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's understandable. She's been brought back from the dead and she's trying to deal with that fact. And now, you know, Giles, her one mentor, her father figure is leaving her. And now she's left with nobody. Mom's dead. You know, dad's out of the picture. And now the father figure that she's had for the last six years is also taking off. And who's going to look after her? She's got to look after Don and everyone else. Who's going to look after her? Exactly. Like she doesn't know where to go next. That's the problem. And mm-hmm. and you know what? She doesn't get those answers either. No. Because at the end, he just goes. You know? He does. And, and that's why she's at the bronze, all sitting there going, "When? Where do I go from here?" You know, yeah. like we were saying it at the end of last episode. So yeah, I I thought that part was great. Now, what about all the pairings and things? Okay, we get Alex, Alexander Harris, and <laughs> Willow is happens to be wearing like one of his coats or something because she's cold or something like yeah. that. So she's like, "Oh, we must be together because I'm wearing your coat." And I'm like, "Well, you know, fan service again." Like, "Oh well," like she said, uh, you know, last season, why couldn't you have figured that out? <laughs> you know, in high school, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. we put them together again briefly. But then she has these moments where her and Tara brush up against each other mm-hmm. and like the attraction is there. So even though they don't have the memories, obviously yeah. you know, they're supposed to be together. They kept, I like the way they played with all that though. 
I did too. I thought it was well done, and she's very confused when when they're both looking at each other. You could tell uh, Tara already figured out that she's gay from the get go, but now Willow's like, "Why am I attracted to you? You know, why why am I having these feelings?" and trying to figure that out. And I thought they did a good job at that as well. I, I thought it was well done, and and uh, it just shows, you know, this is not uh, uh, this is not just something that is going on. This is a true feeling from deep inside, right? Right, and don't you love it how uh, Joan, <laughs> what about Buffy picking out the, I, I think I'm a Joan, and she goes with Joan, and of course Dawn has a necklace that says Dawn, so you know that's how they know who she is, yep. and, and they figure this out, but I love how Buffy figures out that she has superpowers, or whatever, she just all of a sudden instinctually goes in and stakes a vamp. <laughs> yeah, it's like, right. oh wow, that's actually kind of neat. So I'm sitting there I'm going like, huh, <laughs> I get how the spell works though. It's like it's a temporary memory wipe, but it doesn't wipe your instincts. Yes, yeah. exactly. I thought that was, I think that's exactly what they were going on too, is that the, mm-hmm. everything's there. It's just hidden under a cloud or a cloak and they yeah. have to try and figure it out. But um, I like that too. I thought that was really good. And I love when Spike uh, also uh, goes out and, and he turns vamp and starts beating up and he goes, Hey, I'm a superhero too. <laughs> and he's all vamp really face good. and she's like, Oh, and then she started beating the crap out of him. He's like, Hey, what? <laughs> yeah, right. you know? I'm, and he's, I'm a noble vampire. Well, apparently I'm the good kind of vampire. Right. <laughs> well, just, it was fantastically done. My favorite scene though, is when they're figuring out the names and, uh, uh, you know, Giles and, and Spike believe that they're the father son, and he looks in the coat and it's for a Randy. <laughs> so Randy, goes, Randy, Randy Giles. Why didn't you just call me Horny Giles or Desperately Needing a Lay Giles? Oh, that that just cracked me up. Randy Giles. Why not just call me Horny Giles or Desperate for a Shag Giles? I knew there was a reason I hated you. That just cracked me up. Just a great line. It's great, and I love how Anya's like you're coming up with cute names for Rupert. You know, she's just oh, yes. immediately infatuated with him, and the payoff of that is what's hilarious is he you know tells her, oh, "No wonder I'm leaving you and going to yes. England by myself." And she's like, "Please don't leave me!" And then they they have that big passionate kiss, and then when the spell's broken, they're like, "Oh!" And they go back to dusting the shop very quickly. It's kind of oh, like yeah. uh, Giles and Joyce, you know, once again. Oh yes, band candy all over again. I really enjoyed that whole dust up with uh, Anya trying to do the spell book and, and keep all the bunnies, in bunnies, and <laughs> even though you know she doesn't know who she is, she's still afraid of the bunnies in this yes. this character as well and uh, he keeps telling her why don't you try another book and she just refuses and that's when he gets all frustrated he looks inside his coat and sees a ticket a one-way ticket he's like huh and that's when he busts out the that's why i'm leaving you and she's like oh and she throws her engagement ring out and then she's all ticked that she did that and of course they get rid of the bunnies because giles uses a different book and then she goes and gets it right away and uh just well done there too it's funny uh, it is. It, it, this whole the whole scene where they don't know who they are. Hilarity ensues, and, and but just really good. But the thing is, and we're having a lot of fun with this, you know, and it is a funny thing. But and it's almost easy to lose yourself in the funniness of it and realizing what has happened. Though Willow has deceived all of them, mm-hmm. and most importantly, Tara, who basically laid the ultimatum down on her, like I don't know if this is going to work. Yep. And she says, look, I, I can quit. I can, I can make it. And, you know, she's like, I'll go, I'll go a month. And Tara's like, just, let's just try a week. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just see if we can get through a week without magic. And Willow already behind her back has gone against that. A day into it, right? Yeah. A day, a day into it. In. Can't do it because the, the addict, unless they realize that they're addicted yeah, and, and come to terms with that and accept that, 
until they hit rock bottom, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to make the change, no matter how superfluous they seem to be able to pull it off. And uh, what does she do? She just comes up more uh, secret ways to get her magic on. You know, yep. I'll be right there, guys. I promise I'll be right there. And then she, boom, you know, she's in her bewitched clothes real quick, you know? Right. And that's it. And that's what makes the the whole chase through the sewers. And when the crystal falls out and it and gets stepped on by Xander and breaks, and everybody gets the look on their face. And the look on Tara's face is what sells you on, like, how much this hurts. Oh, yeah. She's de- devastated. Yeah, and but because it's her Willow's worst nightmare, face. right, is that you yeah. really can't keep your promises to me. Yeah, and even Willow's face, like, she instantly knows that she's caught and that she's betrayed the one person that she's supposed to love and what the consequence is going to be. She knows what's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. And that look on her face is priceless and and... Just a good scene between those two. Um, well, and the other thing that, that the gang was talking about before Giles you know, was going to lay the news on them and stuff, they're all trying to come to terms with the fact of what Buffy told them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, the purpose for all of this stuff anyway, is that Willow thinks, I just want Buffy to forget she was in heaven. Right. You know, I just want her to forget that and just be able to get back to normal. I know it sucks. I'm sorry, but we need her and we need her to be focused and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, you know... They don't get it, do they? You know, like that's the thing. It's like they just want her to sort of go back to being resilient Buffy. And on some level, I really like the fact that it's not easy for Buffy to get over. That it does it, linger yeah. and that it carries on and it should. It it's really the burden she bears for the whole season. Well, for the vast majority of the season, yes. And she shouldn't, you know, just be able to go back to being Buffy, Buffy. I mean, she had a lot of traumatic stuff happen to her in those last several weeks of her life. And Mm -hmm. all all of a sudden to be thrust back into it, who could be good after that, right? I mean, that's a a lot to process and trying to figure out. And and then, you know, add the fact that she's got a – she doesn't even know if she's herself – Right. Right. Yeah. There she thinks there may some be something wrong thing. with her. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, it, it it was just it's it's a it's a crux she has to deal with and and something she has to bear for the rest of the the season and she will eventually get there but right now she's just not there yet. I think one of the more telling lines too in the episode is when Tara says to Willow, and this is in the early conversation about can you really kick magic or not, is you know. Maybe you started out just wanting to help with people, but magic is now about you. You know, th- this isn't something where we need you to be the magician of the group. You know, maybe that's how right. it started, but not now. This is about you, Willow, and what you're choosing to do. And we said that a couple episodes ago, right? Is that we felt like this is becoming, you know, had grown beyond what maybe the initial intention was. And I like that Tara called her out on it, though, and says essentially what all of us know, too. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think that uh it's become obvious that this is uh just a way for her to have fun, right? It's not a, it's not about well, helping anymore. She's just using it any time she wants to have fun to make things easier for her. Well, here's the thing. It's it's two things. It's the easy way, all right? And to follow up on the addiction metaphor, she doesn't feel the same without having used it. Like there's there's a payoff yeah. to having that run through her. You know, we've talked about before on the show that those who use magic, like it, it physically does something to you. Like, you know, you can feel it running through you. I mean, go back to the end of season two. 
you know, when Willow and Xander and everybody are standing at the school waiting on Buffy after she's killed Angel and stuff, um, and not knowing that, she's like, no, I think it worked. I felt something really powerful go through me. Like, they've, they've played up on that for years, you know, and talked about that. So, obviously, it is something that she's getting a sensation from that she mm-hmm. can't get anywhere else. And she likes that and doesn't see anything wrong with it and doesn't understand why everybody else, you know, sees it as such a problem. Yeah, I think that's exactly it too. And then and there you go, the addiction metaphor again. The whatever makes me feel good is what I want to do as long as it doesn't harm anyone and I can't see it harming anyone, so I'll just keep doing it. And not only in that, in her case it's like I'm the ultimate help. You know, you guys would be screwed without me, right? Oh and, yeah. You know, and that's how she feels about it at least. So I don't know. I I I again I I see where they're going with that and I will credit them for, for following through on that. I would agree with you there. I, I credit them as well. I thought they did a, a good job. They also paid off a good line, too, <laughs> uh, while they were in this little trance. And that was uh, Willow saying to Don, I, I think I'm kind of gay, which is a callback, of course, to Doppelgangland, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> how can we how can we forget that? So, yeah, let's let's go back and relive the greatest hits, So which is what you do. I mean, show's been around this long. That's going to happen. I mean, that's fine. I, I thought that was cute, too, and, and the way she dropped it and stuff. We talked about you know what happens when the reveal is done and everybody's hurt. And what about you know, the way Tara packs up and leaves? Like she goes by to say something to Dawn, and Dawn gives her the cold shoulder. Like she doesn't understand, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I I like that Dawn gives her that reaction. That's what a fifteen-year-old yeah. should react like. Absolutely, it's like if your parents are getting divorced and the whoever is leaving, then you blame them. Right? Why are you breaking up the band? Why are you, why, why do you have to leave? I mean, why are you hurting me? Can't you work this out? You know, that's her reaction. And that's a good reaction. I think that, that was the reaction you expect from her. So I liked it too, Jay. I thought they did a good job with that. And poor Tara. Well, well, and we haven't talked about this yet either, but we should mention it. You know, Dawn is getting kind of ignored you know, in all of this stuff that's going on with everybody. You know, and that's the worst thing when you're that age and a, and a teenager is to feel like you're nobody's paying any attention to you at all. Yeah. You know, and she's done a lot of things to try to get attention and stuff. But, you know, now she's I mean, we're going to see her start to make some you know really poor decisions because she doesn't feel like anybody's listening to her, you know, right. and everything else that's happening. So I, I don't know. I liked that. I thought it was sweet. But again, it's all bordered by Michelle Branch just, you know, ripping our guts out. Mm-hmm. With that, with that song, and that song is an amazing song. If, if for some reason, folks, you've never heard "Goodbody," you please go listen to that now. Uh, that is a fantastic tune, and really sums up what's happening here at the end. And wh- I mean, what do you make of it? Giles is on the plane, and what about the look on his face? I mean, he looks like I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. Am I doing the right thing? Like he's definitely wondering. Oh, he absolutely is. But in his heart, he knows he's doing the right thing. In his mind, he's sad. He's leaving this behind and conflicted. And that's what you'd expect, I would think. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's exactly what he's feeling like. And then, you know, Willow's in the kitchen and just sitting there and she's just, you know, her eyes are just welling up with these big tears. I mean, she doesn't, she can't even, you know, she knows it's her fault. You know, and she's having to deal with it. And then Buffy is at the bronze. She's just sulking at the bronze, you know. And uh, once again, like we talked about at the end of Once More With Feeling, Spike comes in and tries to comfort her, and she wants none of it. But this time, she follows through on it. Now, what did you make of that? That she follows him to the dark corner and starts just, you know, gone with the wind kissing him. 
Well, um, I don't know. I, I, I thought that uh, she's really emotional at this point in time. Everything that she's come back to is seems to be falling apart around her. And, you know, Spike shows some interest. I think that uh, in this situation, if any guy had shown interest, she probably would have done the same thing with them. And that's I, how I took it, was that she just, it was convenient. I completely agree with what you said, and especially that last word, convenient. And I want everybody to hang on to that word, because as we talk about Buffy and Spike going forward, it's going to be a continuing thing. But I felt the same way about it then, and I do now. I was like, well, you know, at first I was like, oh, no, no, please, no. And then I was like, no, you know what? Makes sense. Buffy it just needs something yeah. right now. So, fine, he'll do. And that's that's that. And uh, yeah. boy, what a, what, I mean, what a real downer <laughs> way to oh, end yeah. the episode. I mean, it's just a gut-wrencher. And, and, uh, this is how season six is going to be. It's a downer after downer after downer after downer. And I think that's what was my attraction with it in the first place. So, you know, I go in expecting this. <laughs> well, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we know at least one of the guys in Clerks would dig it then. So, <laughs> but another discussion for another day, I suppose. <laughs> All right, Jay. Well, I think we're at the point of the podcast now where we give our dustings rating. So what is your dustings rating for season six, episode eight, Tabula Rasa? Well, you know what? As much as I've tried to Tabula Rasa a lot of season six from my memory, because I went into it not having a lot of good feelings about it, I can't erase how I feel about this episode. This is a fantastic episode. It's well acted. It's well paced. It's very well written and we've already talked about the great balance of doing all these serious things in the middle of a lot of high comedy it's a great way to to move the story forward and then the to do the gut-wrenching ending once again uh you know it's it's fabulous i say as far as endings go and ending songs ranks right up there with me just below the end of becoming two with that sarah mclaughlin song as as Mm. buffy's leaving sunnydale i mean this is just a real tearjerker and i will admit brought even a tear to my eye this time this is one of three episodes in this season that i will go back to and just watch as a one-off every now and then or if i see it on or something i'll stop and watch it fabulous episode four dustings all the way for me i'm gonna agree with you jay this is a four dustings for me as well i laugh a lot in this episode i get teary in this episode i mean this is how you do a good script that's full of emotional up and down uh, it starts off down, it gets really funny, and then it ends down just well done. The Michelle Brandt song, oh, loved it. Um, I remember way back when this first came out, I had not been watching Buffy at the time, but I had gotten a free ticket from a friend of mine to go see Michelle Branch in concert. Oh. And uh, I had no clue who she was. She was playing at a, a local bar called The Fine Line here in Minneapolis, which I had never been to before. But she was opening act for um, Edwin McCain, who I am a huge fan of Edwin oh, McCain. Yeah. And so I went to this show, and she opened up, and I was f- just floored by her. And I ended up going and seeing – it was just before her debut album um, – is it The Spirit Room, I think it is – came yeah. out. And – uh we saw her live. The album came out. I went and bought it. It took off from her song everywhere. Um, was all over the radio. 
And then she came back like about a year later and I went and saw her headline a show and just phenomenal. So when I saw her in here, I was just like, Oh my gosh, it's Michelle Branch. This is awesome. You know, just a great song, fabulous musician, great writer, you know, all that. And this was back when she was only 16 years old, folks. I know. It's amazing. Amazing to me. So yes, I agree. That song is, is, they picked the perfect song from her to use in that whole thing. It just summed everything up. Tara was leaving Willow. Giles is leaving the gang, going back to England. You know, Buffy's not quite all there, so she's kind of leaving as well. You know, it, it's everything, all those emotions just tied up right there. It was well done. Uh, four dustings all the way on this episode. It's one of my favorites. Fabulous. Well, th- folks, thanks for joining us on this latest episode of The Art of Slaying. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com, as well as links to our Twitter feed and our Facebook page. Drop us a line. Leave us a review on iTunes. We do appreciate your support. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to The Art of Slaying. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. 